What's going on, thinkers? Welcome back to Thoughts by Deville Di. Of course, I am your host, Deville Di, and as always, I scour the world to try to find the most interesting people that I can bring to you to have conversations about, you know, whatever social issues, what they got going on, and everything. We just try to touch all bases for the new listeners out there. Uh, so today, I have with me Alicia Butler Pierre. How you doing today? I am doing well, Deville. Thank you so much for having me. I thank you for taking time out to talk to me today, uh, especially with the hectic situations that we have going on around the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you're, ba- you're based in Atlanta right now? Yes, I am. So j- just quick before we get started, I was wondering, like, has the events over the weekend, um, have, it, have it affected you business-wise or personally-wise so far? No, and, and and I'm sure time will tell because it's so fresh right now. But to be honest with you, I and I hope I'm trying to figure out the best way of of saying this without potentially offending anyone. But I I really do think it was blown out of proportion mm-hmm. because I think well I think too because of the fact that it it started in front of the CNN Center. That's mm-hmm. what. Uh, maybe maybe gave it the legs. Uh, but as I sat there watching it for hours on TV, on local news here, it, it just, I guess I have to remind myself too that there's a difference between a protest and a riot. Yes. So the coverage that it received was as though it was a riot when in fact it was it was a protest. There was no loss of life. There was damage to property. There's no doubt about that. But the big thing is there there was not loss of life. And it, it, it's one of those things, DeVille, where it could have very easily escalated and, and definitely gotten out of control. But, yeah. but thankfully, that did not happen. Yeah, it definitely could have gotten a, um, a whole lot more violent. I'm thankful that it didn't. Yeah, some people took damage to property, but property can be replaced at the end of the day. And, exactly. You know, human life can't. So, right. yeah. And I, I feel like uh, a lot of conversations that I've been having with people about, you know, protest, riot, how is stealing TVs going to solve this and that? And I honestly feel like personally that you had two sets. I feel like you had, you had two sets of people in these activities across the country. You had the people who were there to actually protest. And I feel you had some people who went out with the intentions of taking advantage of the protests to cover up the things that they wanted to do, you know? Yes, I completely agree with you. And, you know, I remember toward the end of the coverage here, which would have been on a Friday night, I just remembered seeing what looked like teenagers or maybe late, late teens, and they were just they just looked like they were having so much fun just destroying stuff. And I, I told my husband, I said, I wonder if, if those people in particular are really there because of George Floyd and, and all of the other 
violent acts against young black men or, and, and women as well. They just seem to be there because they got a, it gave them an opportunity to tear some stuff up and they yeah. were enjoying it. Yeah. So I, I completely agree with you on that. And when you have people, especially younger people who are more easily influenced mm-hmm. and, you know, it's kind of that, um, I forget what they call it, the technical term, but, you know, one person throws throws a rock in the pond and then next thing you know, everyone's throwing rocks in the pond. It's kind of right. like that, that whole group think. Yeah, that group <laughs> thing. It's like, okay, this is if this is what we're doing, then this is what we're doing and not having the consciousness to pull yourself out of it. But um yeah, so hopefully that's that dials down and, and we can get back to focusing on the, the bigger issues, the you right. know, things like the deaths of um George and um uh, a mod that just recently happened. And so, Brianna. Brianna. And Brianna. I'm, and Brianna. It's just so it's it is it, wild that it's it's enough of them to where you actually will for, forget the name. I know. You and know. you know the other thing too, Deville. That's that's always interesting because COVID nineteen has dominated the news mm-hmm. for the past several months. It's not that things haven't been happening around the country. Things still happen, but now that coverage, because so much of the country is starting to open up again, I think that's why these types of stories are starting to make it to mainstream media again. But it's not that they haven't been happening all along. Yeah. They just haven't, you know, COVID-19 completely dominated the the airwaves, the news, internet, you know, you, you could not avoid coverage about COVID-19. Definitely could not. Whether you wanted to see it or not, it was there. Exactly. So let's switch gears a little bit and get into um, a little bit about you, you know. So, of course, we just uh, stated that you are based in Atlanta. So tell us a little bit about about your background. Did you, are you from Atlanta or are you? Now, I'm a Louisiana girl. I'm a Bayou girl. So I'm originally from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I lived in New Orleans, which is about 60 miles away, about an hour's drive away from Baton Rouge. And I lived in New Orleans for almost eight years before I I had this intuitive gut feeling that I needed to get out and get out very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I relocated to Atlanta in February of 2005, six months before Hurricane Katrina. And I did not look back. I still have a lot of family and friends, obviously still back home in Louisiana and as well as in New Orleans. But that's how I ended up in Atlanta. And I, Atlanta was so, it or is so very different from <laughs> being in New Orleans. For one, the the business climate here mm-hmm. there are there's a, a very substantial corporate presence here and i wasn't used to that so i saw atlanta deville as this land of milk and honey mm-hmm. i mean coca-cola is here home depot we were just talking about the cnn center cnn cnn ted turner started cnn right here in atlanta georgia so you have this this very corporate presence it's it's definitely very pro-business that's probably one one of the reasons why georgia was the first state to open up after COVID 19. 
but it's 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 been a very good climate for me to be in to start my business and so i've i've 15 years later i'm still here okay so what was life like for alicia growing up in louisiana <laughs> life was you know it's it's funny it took me sev- about 7 years living here in atlanta before i was really able to compare and contrast how I grew up in Louisiana versus life here in Atlanta. Yes, Louisiana is still in the South, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I always tell people it's almost like, it's almost not a part of the South. It's so different from the rest of the South because we have our own food. We have our own culture. We have our own, we have (laughs) Creole and Cajun dialect. Mm -hmm. You know, you have people who literally English is their second language because they speak some form of of French, of broken French, as their first language. So it's very, very different. And growing up was a lot of fun, a lot of family. And it's hard to put my finger on it, but whenever people ask me, well, what do you miss about home the most? I always say, you know, the food and, and just the, there's a certain rhythm back home in Louisiana where people, I mean, there's, it's no mistake. It's, it's, well, New Orleans is known as the big easy. Mm-hmm. And that's because things are still very easy going. People as tragic as something may be like, for example, Hurricane Katrina, people still found ways to crack jokes or to, it's, it's almost a survival tactic, I guess, that many of us develop. And when I, when I say Louisiana, I grew up in the, the southern part of the state. So, you know, I don't, <laughs> no offense to, to those who are from the northern part of Louisiana, but it, it's, it's when most people talk about Louisiana and, and the culture that's associated with it, it, they're usually talking about the southern half of, of the state. And so it's, it was a lot of fun growing up there. It really was. Yeah. Um, I kind of had that the 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 culture shock too. Moving from I moved to the area from South Georgia, Valosta, oh. and you know uh, I said it a hundred times, but uh, Killer Mike and Ti they always say you know you have Atlanta, and then right, uh, 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 fifteen twenty minutes outside of Atlanta <laughs> you have Georgia. Yes, and. and I- I, I, you know, I always, it's funny because I, what I tell, I tell people that as well. You have Atlanta and then you have Georgia. They're not the same. And the biggest, my, the biggest criticism probably of Atlanta is the fact that it's in Georgia. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, the, the rest of the state, as progressive as Atlanta is, you don't have to travel that far outside of the core city limits to see Georgia. And and what I mean by that is it's definitely not as progressive as Atlanta. Definitely. Because sometimes I work down in um, Macon, Warner Robins, which for the people that don't know is maybe an hour, hour, 10 minutes from Atlanta. Whole different world. (laughs) Whole different world. Where I, where I grew up, um, I moved to, to Valdosta when I was probably 10, 11. Um, and when I got there, it was a whole different world than where I was from. 
but growing up there, three hours away from Atlanta, three and a half hours away from Atlanta, whole different world, whole different ball game. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, so I, 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 I get that. A lot of people don't understand the, the differences. I think you would have to be here. I think you would have to have lived or, or maybe visited and, and spent enough time in Atlanta to then go to, like you said, Macon or some of the other smaller towns to, to really understand that difference. Yeah, and one of, one of the biggest differences for me was employment. Mm. Um, living, living in South Georgia, there were periods, I'm, so I was maybe 25, 26 when I got here. I moved to Ellenwood which is not Atlanta, but it's close enough. You know what I mean? It's, yes. Like you said, it, it's Atlanta. And then the further you get away, the more it changes. So you have those little metro areas that basically kind of operate the same way Atlanta does. But the further you get away, the more different it is. And um, it was periods where I was down there and I went a year, two years, not being able to gain employment. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about just like I, at the time, like I was Mr. PhD or anything, we're talking about warehouse jobs. We're talking about fast food restaurants and things like oh, that. Wow. Being told, I had dreads at the time, being told that I needed to get a more traditional haircut if I really was serious about getting a job, things like that. And then I moved here and I got a job the first two weeks I was here. Wow. And, you know, same dreads, you know, same goatee. I was dreads and gold teeth then. Same dread, same goatee, came up here two weeks. I was employed and kept that job for like six years before I moved into the, the um, company that I work for now. And it was just like, just that right there blew my mind because mm. my brother was trying to get me up here for like two years. And I was like, uh, I had that same mindset. George is George. It's not going to be any different. He's like, no, it's different here. Come up here. Yeah. Get out here. Boom. But and- now, go ahead. I'm sorry, I was going to ask, do you find that you have become, in a way, spoiled, or or I guess your view of your, do you find that your worldview is maybe slightly distorted living in Atlanta, and then you go other places, and, and, (laughs) you know, people might look at you strange if you walk into a Neiman Marcus, whereas here, they greet you as soon as you walk through the, the, the front doors, and so definitely. I I definitely feel that. So I, I was wondering if you feel that way as well. Definitely. Um, I, I recently went to California uh, beginning of the year. I go out there in January for my daughter's birthday. And it's just, even though California being, people have this whole idea of California is just easygoing and accepting. And they, st- they have their areas that, that are the same as like Atlanta. You have this city and then you have everything around it. And we were in the um the Sacramento, San Francisco area, the Bay Area, but we were in a smaller town. And it was still places that we went where you, you kind of got weird looks. And like definitely when I travel south from Atlanta, I go to places like it's still restaurants you're going to, um, businesses that you're going to and not even be acknowledged. You're just standing there like, you know, somebody going to help me. So, yeah, it definitely makes the worldview different because for me, for a while, that was normal. You know, you go to a place and you mm-hmm. didn't feel 
Like they wow. won't do business with you. You just like that. Well, that's just how it is. But then moving here, it's like, okay, like I said, I walk into, um, I walk into a, a, a jewelry store here and they're like, Hey, what's going on? How can, how can I help you? What you looking for today? Right. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like people here and I, tr you know, I'm sure you try to, you try to explain it to people. But again, I think you have to just be here to really understand it. There's such a business mindset here. Money is green. Yes. And if you are a customer, I can't prejudge you because you might own a, a recording studio. I don't know who you are and I can't judge you based on your appearance. I just know that you're a customer coming into my business. I'm going to treat you like I do everyone else. Definitely. And, definitely. and I, I have definitely, <laughs> I've definitely gotten spoiled, I guess, which is sad to say, but it, it's, it's culture shock whenever I travel around and, and you're right. You walk into a place of business and no one even acknowledges you. Or if you are acknowledged, it's, it's, it's usually with suspicion. You know, yeah. okay, is, is, is she here to steal something? Ma'am, are you lost? Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, especially for me, because I'm one of those I don't want any help kind of guys. So mm -hmm. when I walk in initially, usually I've already researched and know what I'm looking for. And I know that you probably have it. So I kind of want to be able to do my own thing and look at that and then compare it to whatever else I just so happen to see. So I'm one of those, I walk in and they're like, can we help you with anything? No, I'm good. And then I'm going to go on and, and have my shopping experience before I actually <laughs> get engaged with a salesman because I know why you're here. You're a salesman. So mm -hmm. you're going to try to sell me something. So before you have, before you take the, this opportunity to try to sell me something, I want to have my chance to just look around and see what you have, you know, before you point me to that what whatever your manager told you we're pushing this week you know what i mean mm -hmm. so doing that a lot of times you get the in, in different places you'll get that salesman's just kind of just want to hover around and you sure you sure when i when i'm ready i'm gonna come find you and we're gonna make this deal <laughs> i wouldn't you know i'm not a window shopper but they don't know that i'm not a window shopper if i go in the store i went there to buy something but I still, I want my time. I want that little buffer because I may came in with my mind set on one thing and be like, get there. And like, you know what? I didn't know you had this PXZ 33,000. I didn't, I never heard of that one before. So now I want this one, but let me look at it first, you know? Yeah. So um, let's get into your work. What are, what are you here to pro, uh, promote today? Well, Gosh, there could be a number of things, but I guess the the two things I have, I also have a podcast mm -hmm. and it's called the Business Infrastructure Podcast. And the reason I started my podcast, DeVille, was because I started noticing that whenever I would go to these different small business events, whether it be a conference, a webinar, any, any event that was targeted to small business owners, I, I started noticing there was never any discussion around operations. Well, how do you actually operate? How, what goes on behind the curtain? People see the outside, you know, the things that you're doing to market and promote and brand your, yourself as well as your business, 
but what's going on behind closed doors to make sure that you can actually deliver on all of those orders that are being placed yeah. just as an example and there was there's nothing to be honest with you and i said okay i've i'd already been in business i think for about 13 years at the point that i started my podcast because it's coming up right at two years that i've been podcasting and the whole point of the podcast is to be able to provide business owners access to those resources to help them operate more efficiently more productively but what what we find a lot of times is that when we know we need help when we recognize that we you know there's got to be a better way to do this mm -hmm. there has to be a, a way we can operate more efficiently those resources are usually reserved for the really big companies or companies that actually are in manufacturing they're making cameras or they're making you know some type of a chemical it's not for traditional small businesses so that's the purpose of the podcast and then i have a book that i wrote based on a, a framework that i created to help small businesses create this business infrastructure and that book is called behind the facade mm -hmm. how to structure company operations for sustainable success and that's available anywhere you buy books, including Amazon. So that's just, those are two things that I'd like to promote. And I thank you for giving me a platform where I can talk about those two things to potential, no yeah, business owners. Now, for the people who may not know, what is, give us, give us a little, expand a little bit on what you mean by infrastructure. Sure, that is a great question. And I'm so glad you asked that because when most people think of in infrastructure, well, like what comes to mind for you? I'm curious. When, when you hear the word infrastructure, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Um, I don't, be, to be 100% honest with you, I don't, I don't really have an idea of- Okay, okay, well, know. that's good. No, that, this is good. This is good. This is good market research for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard, I've heard the term in passing yeah. but i have i it's never been used into used in a way to me to where i got a grasp of what they were talking about there's just you know it'll got just it. be a word in a sentence that someone says it's never like you're saying uh, i believe what you're saying is it's like it's not really talked about the infrastructure right you know what i mean yes and that is the problem that is that has been the biggest hurdle for me personally in business but what for a lot of people when they hear the word infrastructure they think of transportation mm. so for example in atlanta <laughs> you know there are many people who have debates on on they, they well i think most people would agree who live in atlanta georgia or any big city uh where you are suffering with horrendous traffic that your city probably lacks great infrastructure and what that means is the ability to have several modes of transportation and not just having those different ways of getting people around but having those different forms of transportation connected so for example here in marta we have excuse me in atlanta we have marta mm -hmm. which is rail and bus and and there 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 is connectivity there but i think we can both agree marta as a rail system is very limited it's not like being 
on the metro in DC mm -hmm. or on the subway system in New York City or Philadelphia, Chicago, you know, when you start thinking of all these other really big cities, Atlanta is, is our train, our infrastructure is lacking. Another thing that comes to mind for people, if it isn't transportation, when they think of infrastructure, it's usually something to do with technology. And what infrastructure in that, in that sense refers to is usually how you network different devices together. What is your technology infrastructure? So for example, if you have laptops and phones and all of these other devices, printers, are all of those things connected? Mm -hmm. And that's almost referred to as, as building a network or, or having a technology infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So in a business sense, when I say infrastructure, what I'm talking about is who are all of the people, the processes, and the different tools and equipment that are used to keep your business operating on a day-to-day -day basis. So for example, even if you're the people who are listening right now, even if you don't own your own company, think about the place where you work. There's, there's an infrastructure. It may not be defined as an infrastructure, but there's something, there's something there. You obviously have people in the form of, of different employees. You have the process. Hopefully there's some type of process and system <laughs> in place, you know, different checklists and things so that people will know how to perform the job. And then you have all kinds of different tools. You have, you know, computers, there's smartphones, there are printers, there's other types of equipment, there's the, the workspace itself. All of those things combined, how do they all work in unison to advance the company as a whole? And that's, that's ultimately what it's about. What happens, DeVille, is that as small businesses start growing really fast, that infrastructure becomes compromised. Or they may not have an infrastructure at all. It's just loosey-goosey. Yeah. They just have some stuff out there and they're just making the <laughs> they're making the dream happen some kind of like, way. <laughs> kind of like for I guess an example would be like a person who might have a t-shirt business and they're oh, pressing the t-shirts. And shipping yes. them out of their garage or whatever. And yes, then, that is a perfect. You know why that's such a great example too? Because my goddaughter, she's thirteen years old. She just started her own t-shirt company, and we've been having this conversation. Mm. And I'll tell her, you know, what's going to happen when people stop ordering? You know, oh, I want one or two t-shirts here and there, and you start getting orders for fifty a hundred, a thousand at a time. Let's start, let's start thinking that way because let's face it, we're all in business to make, we're, you're in business to make money mm -hmm. and, and hopefully to grow it so that you can start to employ other people and, and positively impact your surrounding community. So let's, let's do this the right way. That's exactly what about. So that was that was actually a great example that you just mentioned. Well, thank you. I try, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because that popped in my head immediately when you said it because it was like <laughs> that's. Um, I have a couple of friends that that have their own printing businesses, and it's like that just always seemed like a business to where you can go from selling a shirt here, a shirt there, 
and then a basketball team comes around and they're like, we need yes. 50 shirts and can yes. we get them by Thursday? You know, you got this mm-hmm. you've been promoting this three day turnaround and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then this order comes in for 50 shirts and it's like, you know, we expect that three day turnaround. To, exactly. Um, yeah. You have to deliver on that and the quality better still be there. And that's when companies start getting in trouble because, you know, Deville, we always hear about, you know, oh, you know, most businesses that start, they'll fail within their first year. And, and it's always the failure is a lot of times because they don't have enough customers. Mm-hmm. But you have some people like your friends you're talking about. They have that's not their issue. Getting business isn't their issue. They might have too much yeah, and they can't handle it. And so they still end up failing because they couldn't deliver. They couldn't meet that three-day turnaround time. And so now they're in trouble because we, we both know bad news always travels faster Very than quickly. good news. Yes. That's a, um, I just had an experience. I ordered a, um, a magazine for my handgun and just one. And a week <laughs> goes by. Two weeks go by, and I'm like, uh, I haven't even got a shipping number for my order. And so then the the company tells me about how, oh, well, we're waiting on a shipment to come in so we can fulfill your order. I was like, when I ordered it, it said it was in stock. Well, we keep it in stock so that people are able to back order. So I'm like, oh, wow. There's a big difference between <laughs> in stock and available for back order. Right, right. If I knew I couldn't get it anytime soon, I just would have waited and, you know, went shopping, went online or went out, went shopping and, and tried right. to find it myself. But it was convenient because it's a uh, it's a it's a newer firearm, so a, a newer brand. So it's just it's not available. The pieces, the accessories aren't just available anywhere. You got to kind of find them. Mm-hmm. So if I knew that. I was just waited and tried to find it. And uh, she was like, well, you know, we don't charge you until it shifts. I'm like, okay, that's all right. But still, it's, you know, we're working on a month and you're, but they end up sending it to me express mail and didn't charge me for it because of that, that whole misunderstanding. And I can see how that, and this is a bigger this is a bigger company. I don't know if it's just a specific warehouse having these issues or whatever, but I can see how that on a on a smaller scale, if this is your mom and pop business and you start to get reports like that, hey, look, don't don't buy it because what we're gonna say is don't buy anything from there. Right, it's gonna take you a month to get it, and I only ordered one thing, and they said they had it, but they really didn't have it. And then when you hear that as the consumer. It's like, nah, I'd rather not deal with that because yep. I'm going to roll the dice on something that I'm trying to buy. Yeah, that, wow, that was a great example. That was a great example. And, you know, be transparent. I was, I was, I, I'm in desperate need of a new laptop. My, I have, <laughs> I have a, an Asus laptop that has served me very well and it, it's on its last leg and it's, it's, it's giving me all of the warning signs that, okay, it's time, it's time for you to replace me. Yeah. And so I went to micro center. Are you familiar with that place? Mm-mm. Oh, it's, it's amazing. If you ever need anything electronic, I mean, they, 
the people that work there are, they are phenomenal. And <clears throat> I went over there yesterday and I, you know, because of social distancing, you know, I was telling them, I was trying to describe to them what type of laptop I was in the market for. And I remember the salesman pulling something up on his computer and he said, as you can see, everything is either out of stock or we have one in inventory in, in the, you know, in the back in the warehouse. Mm -hmm. But the, my point is he was upfront about it. He said, listen, because, you know, everything was shut down for so long, we're just getting started back up. We, I can tell you we're, we're going to have some shipments that are, that will start coming in very soon, but I just wanted to let you know not to be disappointed or discouraged. Just, just, if you could just give us another week or two, we'll have a more fully stocked inventory. But for right now, we have to wait. Yeah. And I said, okay. It wasn't the answer I wanted, but but I understood because he was exactly. he was upfront about it and he said, We, you know, just because you see it out here on display doesn't mean we necessarily have it in stock. And so I I you know, I couldn't be angry about it. It is what it is. Yeah. And the, the um, your 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 outlook on it would have been a lot different if he rang you up and then said, "Yeah, it'll exactly. probably be in like three weeks." Oh, I would have I would have been very one. upset. <laughs> <laughs> Around three weeks, we might. We'll yeah, I would have been. I would have been very angry. <laughs> so yeah, why do you feel that so many businesses miss that step of setting up a, a proper infrastructure? We we just hit the ground running. We just, we hit the ground running. And honestly, it's not even something that even comes to mind. It doesn't start to rear its ugly head until we realize we have to start, we need help. We need people, we need to start hiring people. And what happens, DeVille, is when, when you realize you have to start hiring people, you can't just hire them and expect them to telepathically receive all the information and knowledge that you have in your head. Mm -hmm. You have to have things documented. And this is why turnover is so high in fast growing small businesses because they hire people. And then the owner usually gets frustrated saying, well, DeVille didn't know what he was doing. So I had to let him go. Well, is that really the case? Or did you properly train him? Well, you know, he should just know. No, he doesn't just know. He's new to this. You've been doing this, you know it like the back of your hand, but you can't expect that someone who is completely fresh to it, to you and your company, is going to just pick up something, again, you know, whether by osmosis or telepathically, you have to actually have training. And yeah. the best way to train is you have to have things documented. And that's where so many small businesses mess up. They have no documentation. Everything is in their head. Well, I know how to do it. So if you have, if you have any questions, just come and ask me. Well, when you have 50 people working for you now, you can't spend your entire day constantly answering people's questions. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just not productive. And it's, it might be okay when you have one to maybe five people but when you start having numbers beyond that, it, it becomes impossible. You have to, 
you have to formalize everything in your business. Yeah, so that's, that's like, a, go mm -hmm. ahead. I'm sorry, I was going to say that's a, that's a big step that we just, a lot of small businesses just overlook. And not to beat up on small businesses, I have to tell you, I've, I've been in a lot of large companies too. It's no different, believe it or not. And the, the reason it happens in bigger companies is because a lot of times they've bought other companies and now they have to merge together and there's no documentation. And it, it's a mess. So I'm, I'm thinking that's what the company I work for would call their standard operating procedures. Exactly. Like, this is how yes. we do this. This is how yes. we do this. This is how we... Mm -hmm whatever situations that your specific role entails, this is how, basically it pans out, this is how you do what you do. Exactly. Here, this, we understand you might've did it this way over there. We understand Jane might've told you when she started it that we did it this way, but this is how we do it. Correct. This is the, the way that it's supposed to be done. And that way, if you, if you are performing that, that procedure and you don't produce the desire, let's say, let's go back to your friends and their t-shirt businesses. Let's say they have these standard operating procedures or SOPs as they're also called. And they have an employee who claims they followed the instructions in that procedure, but the quality of the t-shirt, it's, is, it is not what it's supposed to be. Do you blame that person or do you blame that procedure? That's what, that's what we would then have to figure out. Okay, is it just a bad process that you have? Mm -hmm. Or is this person truly incompetent? Yeah, cutting corners or something. Exactly. But see, until you have something documented, you have no way of knowing. Is it this, that this, and so what ends up happening is people just say, well, you're incompetent you're fired. Well, wait a minute. Your process, this, this is a poorly written procedure. You left out some steps. You left out some very important steps. And so I had to guess. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot because I'm sure you can appreciate sitting down and documenting <laughs> these procedures. It isn't the sexiest thing to do. Yeah. And it's not the quickest thing to do. And so again, that's why that's why so many companies don't don't even bother. Yeah, it, it made <laughs> it made me go back to I was maybe 19, 18, 19. Me, my mom, my sister, and one of my mom's friends started a business. Okay. It was called VIP clothing. And okay. I, my role was I, I went in the back of one of these magazines back in the day when people still read magazines. I went in the back of one of these magazines and found the kit to make um, the grills, the gold grills. Oh, wow. <laughs> so my part in the business was I'm going to do grills. We're going to sell clothes and this is going to be a place to do grills because at that time in Valdosta, Georgia, we were driving to, I was, I was trying to fill a need. So even then I had an understanding a little bit because mm -hmm. we were driving to two hours to Jacksonville or 
three hours or however it is to St. Pete or whatever, these different places in Florida are coming all the way to Atlanta to get grills and they were real popular at the time. So it's like, if I find, if I can find a way to do that here, I'll make a killing. So we set everything up. Problem was <laughs> nail on the head, what you're saying, zero infrastructure on how we ran this business. Mm. We had no scheduling of who was going to open the store, who was going to close the store, who was that we couldn't even really be consistent on pricing all the time because one person may say the person who comes in in the morning may deal with a customer that they know and tell them, you know, work out a deal. Yeah. I'll let you get this, this, and this for this price. And then out of the blue, I get called and say, Hey, come up here. I need to go run some errands, come up here, run the shop. I come up there and I'm running the shop. Now this person shows up expecting this deal that they discussed with somebody else who did not discuss right. it with me. And I'm like, no, we, no, that's not, that's not how, that's not the price. That's not what we're doing. And this is the late nineties. So everyone isn't even equipped with a cell phone at this time. So it's not like I could just jump on the phone and be like, Hey, uh, so-and-so's <laughs> up here and they said you were going to let them get four shirts and two pair of pants for this price. It's this facts. So yeah, definitely looking back on it now, um, I can see how we would have benefited a whole lot mm-hmm. better from having a system set up. Cause half the time I'd be somewhere across town and get a call. So, and I always got fussed that I know they want to fire me, but you can't fire. Well, I guess you can't fire owner, but they want to fire me. <laughs> I'd be somewhere across <laughs> town and I get a call. Like, yeah, somebody's up here to get a grill. Like, okay, I'll be there. Luckily, Fat Officer George, you could get most places in 20 minutes tops. So luckily, most people were willing to hang around to keep from taking that ride down to Jacksonville. But yeah, we we had no idea what we was doing when it came to that. Mm. Yeah, that's that you you really summarized how it can all fall apart, even though you have the knowledge of the product or service that you're offering. It's not enough. Yeah. You know how they say show business is 10% talent, 90% business. Yeah. It's the same as when we start our companies. We have the talent. We know how to make the t-shirts. We know how to <laughs> provide grills or, or, or whatever, whatever it is you are selling. You already have that knowledge. It's all of the other stuff that can trip us up. If, 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 some customers are offered discounts that needs to be entered into some type of system. That way, when you hear that customer's name, you can just go into the system and say, okay, I I can't see where you were offered a 20% off discount or or whatever the case may be. But when there's no structure, there's nothing formalized, you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants. That's it's those details that can trip you up. Yeah, uh, it definitely tripped us up. But my saving grace for me was I make a killing after the club because <laughs> there was a club in the same plaza. Mm-hmm. So I'd go to the club and party and then come outside and open the store up while everybody's leaving the club. Or even <laughs> like before the club where people are walking up and lines are forming, I'll go open the store up and hang out in the store until the club starts letting people in. And a lot of those people, <laughs> I hate to say it, but I'm going to be transparent. 
a lot of people going into the club will come in and they make deposits for stuff they never intended on coming back to get. <laughs> they come, yeah, I want a real dog. I want this, this, that. We go the whole plan. Da, 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 okay, here's the. I need this much deposit. Come back, we we'll do your mole, send your mole off, da, 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 and never see those people again. It was like, well, I mean. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, hey, I can't. But I can't make you, I can't force you to come back, you know? I guess it, right. was, it was a good idea at the time. Um, so before we get out of here, I don't want to hold you up all day, and I don't want this app to uh, kick us off and <laughs> while you're trying to uh, explain <laughs> something. Before we get out of here, tell everybody again where they can find your podcast and where they can get that book. Sure. The podcast, if you don't, already subscribed to different podcasts, I think one of the best places to start off with is to go to the website. It's businessinfrastructure.tv. But you could also find it if you already are a podcast listener. It's it's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all of those platforms. The book can also be found if you go to the businessinfrastructure.tv site or you can go to my website which is aliciabutlerpierre.com. And that's Pierre spelled P like Paul, I-E-R-R-E. And you'll see the book there and you could, you could find out more information. Awesome. I'm definitely interested now that, that I've spoken to you <laughs> into checking out your podcast and, and, and learning more about this whole infrastructure thing. Because, hey, it may come a day where this podcast needs to establish an infrastructure and I want to be ready. It will happen. Keep going. And it will definitely happen, my friend. I promise you that. And um, definitely I uh, want to thank you again for taking the time out to talk to me. And I'm going to check out your uh, the episode that we talked about you had coming out when it's today. Yes. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be there checking this out. And um, y'all make sure y'all go over and check out her websites. If you, if you heard what she said and you got business going on and you're not interested I don't know what's I don't know what's wrong <laughs> because she just opened, she just opened my eyes to some things that I definitely uh, feel like I need some more information on and I'm gonna go get it. You should go get it too. As always, thank you thinkers for taking the time out to listen to this show because without you guys, I'd just be talking to myself. I love and appreciate each and every last one of y'all, and uh, we'll see you next time.